Welcome down to the swab with Georgie Carroll. We all know nurses have the best stories, so why don't you come have a listen? Hey there, swabbers. Good day. It's uh, Georgie Carroll again. How far we've come together. How many things we've learnt. Um, Travelling around the country, but now I'm back in my little home base with someone who was referred to me right at the beginning, somebody who uh, seems to have touched every nurse's life at some point. Let's meet today's guest, Karen Bentley. Hi, Georgie. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm doing fine, mate. Yeah. And so what's happened is I've put out a call on the internet for just people to refer people who, who excite them in nursing. And somebody put you forward. What, what's going on? Well... I'm probably a bit of a nutbag, like many older nurses are. Yeah. Uh, a bit jaded, uh, lots of experience. Okay, uh, so what year did you train? Let's start with oh that. Oh, my God, now you're jigging up the dirt. If you yeah. tell me you weren't born, then I'll kill you. Uh, Go on. 1974 to 77. I was I was sperm and eggs at that point. Yes, thank you. I, I, was, sperm and, I was sperm and eggs. <laughs> I was maybe as I go. They were probably choosing whether to yeah. have me or not at that point. So, yes, yeah, so 74 I started at the... Um, so 43 years Yes. Of- well, Why? my mum was a nurse, my grandmother was a nurse. And in those days, when you were just a little sperm and egg, there wasn't much opportunity for women. You either did teaching, you did nursing, you went to secretarial college. or you got, Oh, yeah, screw that. Oh, you know, and learnt shorthand. Boring. Yeah, there's definitely no nurse I know that could have sat in an office forever. No, exactly. And I was, I knew I didn't want to be a teacher. Secretarial college had absolutely no appeal at all. So nursing it was. I think about 20 years ago, I had a stint um, lecturing in nursing and obstetrics at Flinders Uni and also did the students at TAFE. Yeah. Oh, I've got yeah. a good story about when I was training yeah. one of our teachers. Yeah, it was a gay couple of male nurses yes, that yeah. had become educators. Yeah. And they were teaching us about catheterisation, so they had rubber dicks and rubber yes. fannies. And uh, by the time we'd got round to, because they're quite expensive, these yes, products yes. that they have to, yeah. to, that you practice on. Yes. And, um, yeah... And somebody had robbed their house and taken a big bite out of both of them. <laughs> so we were trying to <laughs> So you were trying to work your way around this rubber vagina while <laughs> and urethra while someone had taken a big you can just imagine how much fun them burglars oh, had had. That's hilarious. But you know, that wouldn't happen these days because they're so proper. That, that, that is a bit proper now, yeah, isn't it? it when is. did that happen, mate? I look at the, the youngsters at, at work and they're so so fucking professional. Professional. <laughs> I did the three year basic Registration nursing at yeah. the Calvary Hospital in North Adelaide. I'm probably not one of the nun's finest graduates. I could imagine you were a bit of chaos. Oh, God, yes. Were you yes. a single girl at the time? Yes, yes. And their mum was quite unwell when I was training, so I was kind of doing my nursing training and looking after mum at the same time, so I was probably a little bit boring. But once I started... May I ask my... what was going on for your mum? Um, she had... Um, she got meningitis. All right, but you'd already decided to be a nurse by yeah. the time this oh, was oh, happening. God, yes, yes. It wasn't like yeah. one triggered the other. It no, wasn't like no. You were a carer. And then she had a baby quite late in life. For those days, she was forty. So I had I have a younger brother, twenty years younger than. See, me. I still think that's late in life. It, yeah, I think you can have them whenever you want, but I do. Yeah. Th- I, it does worry me when people are thirty-five and yeah. and they're going. Oh, we'll have them in five years or so. I think. Oh God, sleepless nights after that. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So I was probably bit of a boring nurse but then I found my sort of wings when I got into midwifery training so I went straight oh, from yeah, general as well. to midwifery and I went from Calvary Hospital with the nuns to the La McEwen. I worked there. Was that not a culture shock? <laughs> <laughs> oh my Which Lord. is more fun though? 
Oh, Lava Kuhn, definitely. Are you, have you been public all the way since then? No, no. So only then for a while and then did my, did my med. Then I went to the children's and did the six-month paediatric course and then went back to private or education. The um, private is a mystery to me because I've never is, done it. I always yeah. imagine that it's very sensible and a bit more oh, no, somewhere we, between nurse. Yeah. I don't know. Are you more at their command? You kind of are, but you're also just as rebellious, but you do it quieter so the patients don't really know what you're up to. Ah, yeah, yeah. Whereas in the public, I think you can be more overt with it. And, yeah. Could you, anyone could get a job when I started. Was it yeah. the same for you? Whereas um, now the competition is fierce. Maybe this is why they're so much more sensible. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, because literally, yeah, you went from your, your training yeah. virtually to the wards as a fully-fledged RN. So one day you're in your, your nurse student nurse's uniform. The next morning you're fronted up in the, the same ward you'd probably been working on as an RN. I know. So, you, yeah, you didn't, and it was just automatic. You went from your training, a uh, general training. There was a big to room for error, if I remember rightly, because I had that exact system. Yeah. And yeah. I remember just fluffing my way through working a PCA, a patient control. Oh, God, yes. It's yeah. that button you press when yeah. you get given your own morphine and you can press a button. Yeah. And, and I was just, they were like, Have you used one of these before? I'm like, Yes. I had no idea what I was doing. Well,. I'll show my age here, but when I was doing my training in my first few years of registration, there was no such thing as PCAs. Well, yeah, there wouldn't yeah, be, would there? No, there wouldn't. But wasn't. you aren't quite at the point of having to roll up the bandages and use them again no, or washing no. the needles. No, certainly not. No. Nah. I have seen reusable needles, but never had to use them. There were a few lying around the pan room at Calvary. It does amaze me what's yeah. reusable and what isn't. Why yeah. are bedpans reusable? I, I know that you're not going to catch an infection, but why can we shit in things and then use them again? It's disgusting, isn't it? It's filthy. It's filthy. In the private system, do you have the filthy urine bottles as well? They're phasing out. So I was They're working... They're just skanky. I wouldn't let my husband put his dick in one of them and no, then go near it no, again. No, this is true. Having said that, if you didn't like your husband, you could get him to put yeah. it in. <laughs> yeah. And it could end things very suitably and quickly. Yeah. yeah. But um, a few of the private hospitals still do have those, the old tin pans. Yeah. Uh, but no, certainly where I am now, it's all very disposable. Yeah. And oh, can you was ask? there more like hierarchy back then? Because right, I don't think I've ever yeah. felt like a right-hand man to a doctor. I don't think I've ever totally. felt subservient. It was very, very militaristic. Very. So I can remember when I was in PTS, which was called preliminary training school. Yeah. And you wouldn't dare speak to a nurse with a one star. One star being the top notch. No, first year. Oh, so you get you're star, in, like in McDonald's. Yeah. So and you then get stars when you've learned how to mop the floor. That's there. right. Yeah. And so it was a privilege to be able to empty your bedpan because you had to be pretty good to be able to be trusted to do that. Really? Oh, it was it was hideous. So my job when I was in PTS and I was considered very very lucky because I was considered quite sensible is I got to shake the linen bags in the pan room looking for false teeth and rosary beads oh look at you mate oh look you look know. at look yeah. at that I, was on a... I don't think we'd I think we'd have a small look now yeah <laughs> or we'd wait for it to go to laundry no. and then ask him for the lost property That's, I'm sorry once those teeth go in the bag they're gone I'm yeah yeah I wouldn't, I wouldn't want them back in my face yeah. would yeah. you so those are sort of things that went on and then you got to second year and you got two stars and then you got to three stars and you were considered of some consequence when you were three stars so i reckon two years yeah. in now you are trusted oh exactly you wouldn't be boss but you'd be trusted, you'd be trusted. like you'd rock up on a shift and yeah. people would be happy to see you and yeah. feel that the day was getting easier yeah rather than having a beautiful grad love the grads yes but you 
yeah, when they rock up, sometimes you're a bit like, oh, okay, we have to, it's going to take a bit longer today. And I actually think it's, t- I, I mean, I could not imagine myself as one of the new grads now because I did it through the hospital-based system, which I know is politically incorrect to say, but we were trained. So, well, like I said yeah, at the beginning, do you not reckon it's in. more of a vocation than a profession? Yeah. Or it should be? Yeah, it's it sort of got chance to sort out the chaff from the wick. The wick, as if you didn't like it, yep. Well, that's it. I mean, yeah, God, we should be paid more, but I reckon yeah. you could attract the wrong sort yes. if it was money. If it was completely money based and yes. educated, how many people might not have a sensation like you, but would definitely fit in very well into the nursing system? There's, there's a lot, but I think there's a lot that aren't. You need to have some degree, don't you? Yeah. But I, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I see a lot of girls that come out like they've done the the clinical. And I think it depends on what university you go to as to what experience you get. Yeah. But you come out, they come out as new grads and their first week on the wards and it's like the shit hits the fan and I think, my God, this is not what we signed up for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a rite of passage, isn't it? And you just see them dying in I, front of your well, eyes. Well, I always think just what happens to a nurse over its lifetime. Oh. So uh, you start off like... Beyonce and yeah. just this stunning thing that walks on every yeah. morning and yeah. wants to change the world. It's almost like Munchausen's. That's exactly. how much you want people to collapse so you yes. can save oh, them. Oh, exactly. So you can and then by and end, save them. Yeah, by the end, you're more like Judge Judy. You're more like, right, just fucking the least hassle, the better. Exactly. Today. exactly. Everyone just stays set up right or I'm going to be in a very bad mood. Exactly. I mean, and I've told many a patient, if you die on my shift, I'm putting you in the bath and keeping you warm till the night staff come on. Yeah, I've, 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 I've um, not... <laughs> one of my first shifts where I was trusted on my own yeah. to be like my own nurse yeah. it was a good Friday and we had a shooting victim in I've, I think I've probably only nursed three shooting victims yeah. in my life I've it's not a common one. thing Yeah, it's not a common thing no, is it no. we're not American I've only ever seen one man who had an old bulletin in that they couldn't get out oh right no this yeah. one he'd got shot right. and weirdly enough it was good Friday and his initials were JC <laughs> so, which is really odd in it like that <laughs> someone tried to kill him on on, on Good Friday. It's always the bullet and, holes weren't his I know, and he was just the most non-compliant man <laughs> yeah, in the world. Yeah. And you know, you've got to stay in bed four hours after an operation. Yes, You're not allowed yeah. to go anywhere. Yeah. And he wanted to go out for a cigarette. Yeah. And I'd said no. Anyway, pulled everything out and went for a cigarette. Yes, and yes. I hunted him down. Because yeah. I thought you still had to. I mean, yeah. nowadays I'd just go, oh, oh, screw you. That's right. Just yeah, he, he's made his choice. Yes, I was just filling exactly. the form to say he's done yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, when I found him, I was like, I will shoot you myself <laughs> if you do not get back on that unit. <laughs> Looking back, he was probably a gangster or something. That's sort. right, yeah. But in those days, the fear of the nurse. The fear of the that nurse. Terrifying. I think I can still. Put, I could still put fear in people. I had an incident a couple of months ago because I was I was working a shift in day surgery and there was this man that was trying to stand up and he'd just sort of come round from main recovery and was you know moderately cactus and he tried to stand up and I just looked at him. I pointed my finger. I said, "You sit," and everybody in the day surgery unit sat and looked yeah. and I thought, oh, "I like this." Yeah. <laughs> it Have you ever told the patient to swear have you ever sworn at a patient um i did come close and this is a story i had about four years ago and i was working at an orthopedic hospital here in calvary i was looking after this 50 year old guy i think he's about 50 an ex-policeman he was an overnighter so he'd had his surgery yeah. the night before rang the bell eight o'clock in i went he's standing up out of bed which he wasn't meant to he got to the bathroom which he wasn't meant to and there as i walked in was peaches and yogurt and cornflakes sliding down the, oh, the toilet oh, yeah. wall. Yeah. So he'd had this projectile vomit, and as he'd done it, he'd sort of twizzled. Yeah, yeah. Like as you possessed. do. As you do. Anyway, I rang the bell because I thought, I'm not going here. My girlfriend came in, and we just looked. This other nurse just got really stuck into him. And he said, What happened to the kind nurses of old? Or what happened to uh, Florence <laughs> Nightingale? And I just turned around and I said, 
she got sick of looking after shits like you and she left. <laughs> and oh I my swear God. to God, we were mopping up peaches with blankets. I'd have just got the shower on oh, that. Just it like, was disgusting. Mm. So that's the closest I've come to swearing. We could in England. I don't, if, I don't think it was in the Code of Conduct, but it oh, was in the culture and practice. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely in the culture and practice. Yeah. And it, you picked. Like, in when I was in labour, I was a right... I'm a nice person. <laughs> well, you would not have wanted me in labour. Do you know what oh, I mean? I was for about 20 years in labour. I think I bit my husband. Oh, oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's a right. violence that comes from... But it's an acceptable under, level of violence. Yeah, when people are under stress or they're hungry or they're tired yeah, exactly. or, you know, like, you can see yeah. or, they're, or they're fed up of waiting. That's right, yeah. But yeah, sometimes if they were just being out and out idiots, yeah, you, you, and could, you could tell them to f off. And, right. So yeah. no, I haven't done that. That probably wouldn't be able to do that in the private. No. Yeah. 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 That's well, probably where the distinction lies. You can. Yeah. yeah. Or if you do it, yeah, you got to do it with a plum in your voice. Yeah. yeah. Well, me and Karen met for the first time today, but yeah. she just walked in my house. She's just come from training. How much you like this? So she's just been out doing training for your first Ironman. Yes. Iron woman. Kind Iron of. woman, yes, yes. What is, what's going on? So, let me think. So I sort of fell into a pattern like most nurses do. Training, studying, working shift work, get married, had kids. In fact, but I only had one child and my son Luke was born with profound multiple disabilities. Okay. So I went from being a nurse at work to being a nurse at home. Yeah. And I toughed that out for about, oh, probably about 20 years, sort of the whole life was consumed with caring. Anyway, I went to a physio one day. Got a bit of a dodgy back, and I think that was probably. I wonder why. Yeah, probably from years in labour ward, you know, <laughs> bending over and looking well, at fannies, yeah. Um, yeah. but also lifting at home. And he said to me, No, Karen, if you don't do some exercise, you're going to end up in a wheelchair next to your son. So I thought, Right, so I'll go to a gym. Anyway, so I went to, off to a gym, and um, classes sort of probably entertained me for about six months. And I remember there was one session. Did you enjoy it or did you just well, put yourself through it? I did enjoy so you didn't it a little bit, but I knew I needed more. I've always been a little bit on the old ADHD side. Yeah. Anyway, the trainer said to me, why don't you come for a bit of a jog with me? Oh, I don't run. Anyway, she took me out and we had a little bit of a, a five-metre jog. And I thought, oh, that was quite good. Anyway, I signed up to an outdoor training group. And when I went there, I said, now, I'm not a runner. I've never run. If you make me run, I won't come back. Yeah. Uh, this was about That's exactly the kind of thing I would have said. About 12 years ago. So they signed me up for my first run after about six weeks, and that was a 4K run. And I was just hooked from the start. So within 18 months, I trained myself to do my first half marathon. Then about a year later, I did my first marathon. And then I kind of very quickly realised I didn't really like marathons, and I discovered ultra marathons. I've heard about it. This is like so three marathons in three days or some nonsense oh, or hills. Or... Yeah, so it's always off course, off road, always more than about 50 k's. And I just kept building up and building up. So I've just come back from New Zealand where I did a 360k. Uh, did a oh, four, my Christ. 425 k's in November. Surely that gives you some injuries. Surely um, that's more likely to put you in a chair than a back injury. <laughs> the physio does tell me now not to not to run so much and to tone back a bit. Yeah. But being a good nurse, you know, the, the Voltar and the Nurofen, the Paracetamol. Yeah, the God, Tramadol. they're good, aren't they? Oh, they are so good. There's nothing. I'm like a big them. fan of Endone. Oh, five milligrams of Endone after an ultra. Just. Is <laughs> cup of coffee above So you've got a GP that will give you Endone yep. for, for a jog. Well, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I think that nursing, for people who get 
completely involved in their nursing career, it doesn't lead to fitness. No. And we are, yeah. I reckon, the third unhealthiest yes. section of the workforce yeah. in hospitals. Yeah. So security are by far the worst. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, you just yeah, wonder just, how they run after anybody. They're just such big units, aren't they? And then patients and then us. Yeah. I, you know, if you look at your factor in the study, the long hours of study, the horrendous shift work, you come off shift and you're just cactus. Yeah. And I reckon... The fact that for me, yeah. I give I give myself a lot of oh, you have to do a lot before you kill yourself. Yeah, because you see people doing a lot to themselves and yeah. keep coming back, and you're like, do you know what? I can binge drink every weekend because yes. some people binge drink every day and they're yes. fine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But you know, ultimately, it catches up. But the back pain was the one that did you. You were yeah. worried about becoming yeah un less functional. Yeah, and I think I was probably a little bit worried about weight and attitude. Because I was heavily sort of involved in the disability world, I saw a lot of my friends. Luke, you say. Luke, Luke. Luke. Yeah. I saw a lot of my friends who also had disabled children who ultimately it disabled them too. Yeah. And so I made a real decision when Luke was about seven that. And how old is Luke? He's now? 36 now. 36 now, yeah. That I wasn't going to be enveloped in that world of disability. And I had to make some really tough choices. So I, we used to go, go we, we used to get together once a fortnight for a, a mother's group and all the mothers had disabled kids and you'd take the kids along and it was hilarious. I mean, looking back, there'd be always some tosser that'd throw a seizure and we'd all have to stop while you, yeah. or somebody would be gavage feeding someone. But it kind of became too overwhelming and I felt like everything was focused around disability and then yeah. going to work and, and caring for people. And I just thought, you know, I'm not put on this planet just for that. Just for others. Yeah, that I have. So I made the decision to no longer go to, to we used to call them spastic coffee mornings. Yeah. <laughs> That's so irreverent, but I'm allowed to say that. And yeah, I really, I think, yeah, yeah. You, you, every, every word. Yeah. Cut myself away from that life and still fully supportive of Luke and there's nothing I wouldn't do for him. And, and we looked after him at home ourselves till he was nearly 30. Yeah. So he was my life. But at the same respect, it couldn't be all of my life. Yes. What age was Luke? About seven or eight, I started sort of making that break away from the world of disability. And at that stage, his consistent admissions to hospital was slowing down. Um, okay. Which was good. So it meant that I could have a little bit of time for myself and I found that I needed less support from other people to, to cope. And I just thought you can't be dependent on other people to be fulfilled. Yes. So made that break away, took on more shifts at work. I went off and did a bachelor's. How does that help in anything? I'm only kidding. Who's <laughs> <laughs> going to work more? <laughs> You, you are oh, definitely ADD, aren't you, mate? Exactly. Just, um, yeah. And while I was doing that, I chucked in a bachelor's and a master's degree because by that time, nursing had moved on. From That's being for you, though, isn't it? Based. So you've managed to master both. So I think yeah. nurses are quite often physically fucked, but mentally yeah. superb. And it sounds to me mm. like you've had a real good mm. perspective or uh, barometer of how to keep yourself happy for so long. Yeah. So. I went off and I did a master's and a, a bachelor's and a master's degree. I was working seven days a fortnight at a private hospital in Labour Ward. Yeah. I was also teaching at Flinders Uni and at TAFE in nursing. In how, how many is in your family? You've got a husband as well? Husband. Right. So, and so one child. And one child. Because yeah, any, so any more children would have had the same disability. Okay. So I was keeping it all together and then I think the old menopause hit. Yeah, I've decided not to have that. I, uh, it's, it's overrated. 
Yeah, just my friends are having it, like absolute witches yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, and I don't know if it was just the fact that I burnt out um, or it what? was hormone-induced, but the inevitable happened and I just lost the plot Ooh. big time. So what did that, that look like? It wasn't pretty, but how I dealt with it was I just walked away. So I resigned from work and just have been casual, yeah, self-rostering ever did since. Did you resign on the spot in a rage or was it not a more quite. considered? Not quite. Was it like, a fuck this? It did come with a slightly toxic letter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that toxic letter was valid now you're out of the I think it, well, I think it was. I think people were asking too much of me and I was asking too much of myself. I certainly got to a point where I thought this can't go on. And it was around that time that I started thinking, okay, I need to do something for me, which is where the running came in. The very beginnings of it, you know, like a a five-metre run, I'm ready for the Olympics routine. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, so I actually let go of that career completely. And I was ready to because I haven't missed it. Yeah. So I'm still working. At the moment, I'm working two mornings a a week in uh, recovery. And that's really good because the patients are unconscious. I don't have to talk to them, any sign of life, and they go back to the ward. And you say that Luke uh, lives outside of the yeah, home so now, he so, does you're, now. Yeah. so you, it can be more of a, a mum-son role than totally yeah, involved in... Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because I don't know. I've, uh, yeah, I've always... I'm intrigued, which I don't know if that's the right word. Mm. I'll tell you one of the things I used to do, because I was always really careful of trying to hit for him not to see me as a nurse, because... This is it. But what I used to do, and it was interesting, I was on night, I did night duty for quite a few years when he was oh. a little chap, and we used to take him to the children's hospital and he would just melt down when he saw a nurse or a doctor so what we used to have to do is I'd get Luke into bed before I did nights and I was at the lower Mac get him into bed and if he wasn't I used to have to change out of my mummy clothes into my white uniform in the front entrance of the house and get out the door before he saw me in white you absolute legend yeah because I didn't want him to see me as a nurse yeah that's weird isn't it but that was no that's that just, was how I protected that sort that's of so thoughtful yeah how I sort of kept that mummy well, very role. intuitive or something yeah like, very yeah I mean I'd don't yeah. think I was any different than someone like you who yeah. goes to work and your kids have got a cold and you've got that mother guilt, should I leave them or shouldn't I? And yeah. let the little tosser suffer or perhaps I'd better not go to work just in case, you know, he's got Ebola virus. <laughs> I know, well, it's weird, isn't it? You yeah. do, you do yeah. tend to just... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've never, I don't think mine have ever taken a day off for a cold. No, my mother was like that. You had to be near death to get the day Sometimes off. I tell my if, if yeah. I can just see them getting a bit over it, Yeah, more like just fatigued rather than ill yeah i'll tell them they were coughing all night even yes. though they weren't i'll yeah. be like you need a day off yeah just, yeah. just to let them kind of come around just to be kids and just be yeah but yeah like you go to work after you've sort of taken all that mothering stuff to work with you and then you you get to work and some old tosser complains because their water jug's not full and you yeah. just think like say fuck you you feel yeah, yeah you feel your own bloody <laughs> water right. jug i've been up all night and i've been you know wiping dirty diapers or doing this that and the other and you're worried about your effing water jug I'm so interested when you said that you got to burnout or whatever yes. it was, menopause, burnout, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. How how did that look to other people at work? Because I see, no, well, I call it compassion known. fatigue. No, no one would have known. No one would have known. Because no. sometimes it, you, you sort of see somebody and you're just like, uh, oh, I can pull your neck in, Brenda. Yeah. You know, like yeah. and you, you, when no. you can see him just being mean to students yeah. or um, no, just whinging about the situation. In fact, I was never mean to students because my thesis was on nurse-to-nurse caring, so I've always been very good about that. Yeah, I but, like students. Yeah, but um, I would go to work and I would be perfectly functional, perfectly. Yeah. No one would have picked it. And then I'd cry all the way home in the car. Oh, babe. Or I'd cry all the way to work. Yeah, and just... how long did you think that was normal for? Um, a few years. 
few years yeah, of doing it. Was quite and it amazes you just think, oh, just yeah. I, oh, this might be menopause or this yeah. might be whatever, and you just put yeah. up with it. I think it was just a combination of that being in a workforce that was challenging where they expected a lot of you and also dealing with the the grief of having a disabled child that things weren't going to get better and this is how it was that um, would make it very hard to frighten the future films yeah. all the time and yeah um, and at that stage not seeing any end and so just feeling like your life was disappearing before your eyes and I just lost it but yeah. nobody would have known. I hid it beautifully until I went to a doctor one day, just to the GP, and I just walked in and burst into tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had a good GP. It yeah, was like she right, was, yeah. was so understanding, and I told her all the things that were going on, and uh, she was very good. Actually, she was in tears in the end. I, I nearly, I was welling up then when you were just yeah, saying that, yeah, just like yeah. yeah. That you just cope for so long. Yeah, and I just, I've had such a blessed life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I've not had many of these massive stresses. Yeah, I and, think you do, but you just and that just that sixth sense of humour that we have. Sixth sense of humour yeah. and just the elastic nature of a nurse to just yes. keep coping. It was interesting. I remember one day at the Lyle McEwen and it was going back quite a few years. Luke would not have been more than five or six and I was doing night duty and I can remember one of the old girls, which would be all gone and dead and buried now, thank the Lord. She, <laughs> she was a night supervisor. <laughs> she was a night supervisor and she rang me to see if I could do a night shift. And I said, no, no I can't. I've done my three for the fortnight. And, and she knew I had a disabled child. And I said, my son's sick. And I really can't leave him because my husband, Daryl, probably can't cope with this. And she said, oh, that's all right. Just bring him to work with you and pop him into uh, Ward 5 and we'll look after him overnight. Really? No. 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 Putting him near everyone else's bugs for the night. I was just thinking, no. I cannot go and do a shift in labour knowing that my son is in Ward 5 being cared for by other nurses. Yeah. I love the fact that you recognise it in yourself, albeit after a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And since then you've gone on to train when's this iron woman competition november what is it what is it what do you have to do um you have to swim 3.9 kilometers then you have to cycle just under 200 k's and then is that to... in a pool or in a no in the sea oh because that's harder than normal yeah, and swimming. then you have to top it up with a marathon i think you've got 17 hours to do it in i look at the beam on your face though <laughs> it's exciting <laughs> you genuinely feel oh, more content more happy yes. more this is where you get your dopamine from oh absolutely and you do two shifts a week now yes yeah just in in recovery or day surgery because you must be nearly allowed to retire oh, i'm 63 yeah yeah so are you going to keep going after are you, are you... Does i people be down last year yeah I reckon I just feel rebellious. You know, you go in now and all the politics are going on and I just think, I don't need to know about this and I don't no, need no, to No, no, I don't need it. to know that. I don't, yeah. I don't need to learn this bit of paperwork. That's right, you know, and your, your CPDs come up for the year. They're just coming up now and I'm looking and thinking, I could probably get away with that for a few more months and not have to yeah. do it. <laughs> so You're like, yeah, you're just, you're just uh, turning up and doing what you need to for the That's people in front right. of you. I mean, I'll work hard when I'm there. They'll get a good, I a bet good you day's do, mate. pay out of me. I can't imagine you sit on your arse a lot. No, because I can't stand there just sitting still. But I'm not above, you know, whacking a cup of coffee on the ECG machine now and just running yeah. around with it. Because <laughs> at oh. my age, I don't care if you're in sinus rhythm or not. I just want my coffee while I deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, so. man. It's been a good career for me and I don't regret it. I'm, I look back and I, I wish that I had done other things. I mean, I desperately wanted to be a vet, but my um, dad said, no, ladies don't become vets. 
Yeah. Oh, damn. What <laughs> oh, are you no. doing? I know. Oh, Buzzley's dead now, so I can say it about him. Oh, it's, it's been a wonderful time Buzzley. for me to be a woman, but I'm excited yeah. for the new lot coming through. Oh, How weird yeah. that just four four years ago, maybe, we didn't even think of women's footy as Exactly. And, and it is wonderful, isn't it? Because, you know, you look back when tremendous. I started training and, and we had to stand back when the doctors sort of came into the room and it was yes, sir, no, sir. Well, and most of them are women now. It's great. Women Great. On first name terms. And our lovely yeah. blokes in the nursing workforce as well. I always feel yes. like I'm leaving you out. But um, it's still one in ten. That, it, that's the blokes still. But good on them. I can remember being a bit pissed off when men came into nursing. Did you? How what? bad is that? Cause no, no, because you couldn't have been a vet. Why are they getting to well, be nurses? I, I reckon I had the makings of a very early radical feminist. Yeah. Because I remember thinking, you know, these blokes can do anything. Don't come into our Don't, nursing yeah arena and don't you Back don't off, have to Brian. stay at home with the kids and don't you dare let your wife have kids and she gives up work and you come back because I'm just here part-time yeah with a kid and you come back and you take all the positions of power they did do I must that, say that, that did happen. Happen. many of my bosses have been blokes yeah, yeah. when it's a ten to one and I, I still it still rankles a bit you know I just I'm a bit yeah. luckily I've always had nice bosses but yeah. yeah they have generally been blokes yeah and I, I feel a bit bolshy about it when I see them and I think you know back off this is our world this is what um, we're talking about with pay equity it's not doing the same thing for the same money is it? it's more it's, like the opportunities they get exactly and, the, it's, yeah. and the, the things for growth yeah it's that opportunity and that capacity to to rely on someone at home that's going to make it easier for them yeah whereas i stood there doing a master's degree while luke was in intensive care and i'd just sit there by his monitors watching those and studying or yes. i'd be at home by the stove stirring gravy and reading some fucking boring yes. know, lecture and blokes don't have to do that Nah. And that was more so now. Now I do the comedy. My husband's the main parent. Good. Karen, it has been amazing talking to you. I just, just the things you've seen and the things you've done and the ways you've kept yourself together. Oh, thanks for having are me. Are pretty impressive. And yeah, just good luck in your Iron Woman. Thank you. Oh, bless you. Thanks. I could have talked with you, Karen, for hours. Amazing, uh, these amazing lives that people lead whilst they're at the same time they're looking after the rest of the country. It's been magical talking to her, but this is me, Georgie Carroll, signing off from episode number six of The Swab. (laughs) 